looking back at the best of Saturday's racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day. This is Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. And good morning, everyone. Welcome to Pass the Post, Sunday, November 28th, the last metropolitan day of the spring. So we're officially into summer as from next week. But uh, a good day of racing yesterday, which we're going to discuss right around Australia. But of course, no metropolitan racing here in in southeast Queensland, Nathan Exelby, uh, looked as though they were a, a slim chance of limping over the line, but that rain on Friday night uh, ruined it. Yeah, good morning, David. Good morning, listeners. You should be well-rested this morning. You've had a very easy week. Yes, I I have, actually. <laughs> I have. I... Wednesday went by the wayside. Wednesday went by the wayside. Yesterday went by the wayside of the Gold Coast. What it means, though, is busy times uh, coming mm. up this week because Wednesday the recognition's been added to the card. Ten races, Doombin. Doombin Saturday, the Eureka Classic's been added to the card. Ten races, and that two-year-old race from yesterday goes to Sunshine Coast on Friday night. There's only one uh, fly in the ointment here. Just looking at the weather report. Yes, Up to better. 70 mils on Tuesday and up to, potentially up to 50 mils on Wednesday. So that doesn't look good. Yeah, backlog's going to be a word we, we hear a lot this week, isn't it, with... Um all these horses desperate for runs and um, where they get to in their preparations for the summer, those better horses. Yeah, could I make a quick mention here to Roscoe and his racing team at, at Racing Queensland? Uh, it's not like the old days when a meeting was off, it was just thrown out and that was it and was forgotten about. The planning they do to try and accommodate the horses that have missed runs, not just at the top level, but from top to bottom, uh, uh, is, is, is very good, very commendable. So they deserve a, a big pat on the back for that. Well, it was uh, an interesting day yesterday. Of course, we had Group 1 racing at Ascot in Perth. Glenn Boss rode his final race at Caulfield. And, of course, we had feature racing at Rose Hill Gardens and also at Morfordville. That's our program for the next hour. Not over yet, of course, but let's go to the Winterbottom. And Elite Street was attempting back-to-back Winterbottom wins. It was the favourite. Big field here is Darren McCauley's broadcast. 450 left to go. It's the mare, Will Chino. She'll be the first for home. She led a half a length on Money Matters and over on the outside, Indian Pacific. Caracapo gets up on the rail. Red Can Man has to wait his turn. He's desperately looking for run. And now Rawilla hits the trigger and the favourite starts to erupt and coming with it is Graceful Girl. Elite Street, the leader, Graceful Girl finishing brilliantly though from last. Pike says go girl. Graceful Girl from the tail of the field races away and she wins the winter bottom brilliantly. Stage Man on the outside diving at Labour on Elite Street in a very close go for second and third. Outrageous Red Can Man were behind those with Flirtini and also Indian Pacific. They were followed by IC Red, IC Red, Rock Magic, wider out on the course in his farewell from racing. Then Cup Night back there, Long Beach as well. Caracapo weakening. Further back in the field then, Money Matters, Riverbow. Graceful Girl owned the winter bottom yesterday, roaring away late in the piece. Bob Peters Always kind with his time. Joins us this morning as our first guest. Bob, congratulations. Yeah, good morning. Thank you. What about yesterday? She drew 16 of 16. She settled stone motherless last. And the way she raced away, Willie Pike was able to pose for a photo. Did you expect such a dynamic performance yesterday? No, I didn't. We went in there really as the underdogs. We uh, we drew 18 out of 18 and the field um, was drawn. So... Um, the pressure was really off us. Um, she'd run a good race the start before against Elite Street, and that was only 1,100 metres. And uh, she just, we know that she um, gets out the back and has a very powerful sprint home, and 
the shorter trip didn't really suit her. So, you know, the, the signs were there if the race was run the way we thought it might have been run, and that was that um, the leaders would go hard. There was quite a few front-running um, sprinters in the race, and uh, maybe the ones at the back could be flooding home, and that's really how it panned out. Uh, Bob, she didn't have her first start until 9th of December last year, so almost halfway through her, her three-year-old season. She was a late developer, was she? Uh, yes, well, we don't race our horses early. That You know, we sort of bring them in when they're ready to, to race. And um, she came in and she I think she was a bit chin-sore early on and didn't start early, three-year-old career, and we just um, took our time with her. She's She's been, you know... Very good to us, and I wanted to take my time with her because she's the last bowl out of the mare, and the mare had been very good to us. This one's full brother, a state solicitor, was a very good sprinter. He raced very early in his career in a winter bottom and ran fourth, and um, she's had some other foals that have been good to us. And uh, the old mare's retired now. She's uh, being a nanny with our, with our other mares up in the Hunter, and. Um, she took the place of Miss Margaret, who was a nanny there for many years when Miss Margaret died. So um, I've always had in the back of my mind from the first day I ever saw her, I went up to the farm when she'd just been foaled and uh, I thought we have to look after you because you're the last of the line, really. You win a lot of feature races in Perth. It's well known, but it's been a fair time since you won a Winterbottom. Yes, it's eluded us. We've been you know, a bit unlucky in the race. We've been caught up. Stage man's run very good races in it in the past and ran another good race yesterday. You hung hung in as you came around the corner and didn't get going early enough, but uh, I don't think he would have troubled the winner, but he possibly could have won or run second by a little bit more if he'd been able to uh, get a clear run at the top of the straight. And um, a couple of years ago, we had Enticing Star who flew home in the race and uh, just really glad came over the top of her just in the end and she ran second. and She finished up with... Um, a lot of mucus after the race and she didn't really eat for about three weeks after it so it was a really good run from her and then we had um, Celebrity Queen do the same thing as she came home and just got beaten and ran second. It's been a, a hard race for us to win. We don't have that many sprinters so um, but we have tried to win it the last few years and it's been been hard. We won it back I think in 1994 or something like that with Petita Moore that was a long time ago. Um, we're expecting to see your, your railway winner, Western Empire, here in, in the spring. What about uh, Graceful Girl? Well, once they win a Group 1 over here, it's, uh, they get very high up in the ratings and the handicap's just about impossible for them after that. And the rating follows them if they go to Melbourne or Sydney or somewhere else, so it's even hard with the handicaps over there. So they really become... Um, Wait for age um, horses, and there's not that many wait for age races here. You, you have to wait, you know, 12 months again before you have another race that they, they're really uh, eligible for. So her future would have to be somewhere else, I would think. Bob, just going back to, to the race yesterday, um, I think I said at the start, visually it looked impressive, and it was. But the more I think about this win, I mean, uh, you know. Coming from last in a winter bottom and, and 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 not ridden for luck, ridden almost like she was the best horse of the race because Willie came to the outside, and the margin was very comprehensive. Uh, you know, it, it it's a highly impressive performance, isn't it? 
Yes, it is. But then um, I read this morning that um, Elite Street bled in the race, mm. so it's hard to really know just how impressive it was. If he'd have been at the top of his game, you don't know what would have happened. Bob, you mentioned you know, Petita Moore 1994 in our old Comrade 2001. So you've been winning these good races for a long time. But to a layman here in the East, it seems like it's these feature wins are much more prolific now, particularly in the Eastern States in the last few years. We've seen the Group 1 winners, the, the All-Star Mile winner. Are you breeding more horses or are you just getting better at it? Um, possibly a little bit of both. <laughs> I think that might have done my apprenticeship. and uh, It's been a long time. Um, um, and we, our numbers are increasing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Bob, you're one of not only Perth's leading owner, or Western Australia's leading owner, but you're one of Australia's leading owners. <coughs> There's been a lot of conversation about this carnival being restricted to local horses only. That was a, a government direction. What are your thoughts on that? Um, well, it's hard to know. The race, um, there's only, I think in the last 10 runnings, there's only been three locals won it, so we might have been a bit lucky mm. from that point of view, but uh, a bit unlucky in other points of view that none of us can travel. And uh, it's been, uh, we, although we've had um, you know pretty easy time with the uh, restrictions we've had on us here, nobody's been able to go anywhere. Just in closing, of course, um, you took... Uh, the railway, you've taken the winter bottom, and uh, now Western Empire is a dollar fifty to win the Kingston Town next Saturday. Um, he's had a good week since his railway win. Yes, he hasn't. Um, he's come through quite well. We haven't raced him much. He's only had a couple of starts since he's come back this time, so he, he should be uh, ready for his next assignment. Congratulations on yesterday, and good luck next Saturday as well. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Bob Peters joining us this morning, first up here on Past the Post, winning, not only winning the winter bottom, but quinellaing it with Graceful Girl and Stage Man. And I'm still quite taken by that win yesterday. <laughs> well, you'd sort of look at the race and you think, well, sort of expect that of a six to four shot, don't you? She's gone out close enough to, to $10 in the market. Mm, exactly right. Uh, Willie Pike to the four again there. And uh, Bob was the spot on to Elite Street who ran third, bled in the race. So, yes, we go to the, the railway Next, uh, the uh, Kingston Town next Saturday, and Western Empire is at $1.50 to win that race on tab fixed. Let's turn our attention out to Caulfield yesterday. This, of course, was a meeting that uh, used to be run after the Flemington Carnival, but it was pushed a fortnight down the track and switched from Sandown to Caulfield. That's uh, a topic in itself. But let's go to the feature race, one of the feature races. This was the Zipping Classic, and this was Glenn Moss's last ride on Spanish Mission, most expected to win, it was $1.40. Wentwood with no change at the 600 metres leading Dr. Drill. Now Spanish Mission peels out three wide. Warning tucked away behind those. Next in the field, Sound extricating off the fence. Silent Sovereign around it from Luna Flair. And next, Flash R and Skelm. Wentwood, Dr. Drill. Here's Spanish Mission about to make a line of three around the corner as they sprint up. 300 metres to go. It's Dr. Drill and Wentwood. Spanish Mission a length and a half away. Way. Just needs to find, wants to lug in. Then Sound and Silent Sovereign. Dr. Drill looking to upset the party at the 200 metres. Sound is a threat. Dr. Drill led by a length. Now Sound coming out after it. Dr. Drill joined by Sound. And Sound over the top won it from Dr. Drill. Three-way go for third. Wentwood, Skelm or Spanish Mission. The dream in not to be for Glenn Boss, but we salute you. Then Luna Flair next to finish. Warning, Flash R and Silent Sovereign. 
Sound was the winner there, Jamie Mott riding for the Mike Moroni stable. And Mike is joining us now. Mike, good morning. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Good morning. I, I suppose the dominance of Spanish mission in the market forced the prices out of all the other horses. However, he started $20 sound and I think probably a little overs considering how he's been racing this campaign. Yeah, look, he's been racing in great form and been beaten very, very narrow margins. Um, so, we, we, you know, we thought we had him in the right form. We probably think he was in a better form than what he was when he won the race the year before. So, uh, but this was a stronger version without any doubt. We're well aware of that and um, went in there just hoping that... Um, yeah, we might catch the, the good horse on his day off, and it looks as if we did, so we were lucky there. You pretty much replicated the, the, the prep, Mike, going to Mooney Valley and then the Queen Elizabeth, and his runs in those weren't dissimilar either, so he, is he must be a creature of habit, the horse. Uh, yeah, look, I suppose you always, you know, when you've got an older horse like this, you always look back at history, and and uh, his history told us that um, yeah, that's the way to get it right, so we, we sort of followed in the same path. Um yeah, quite interesting. We, we missed the Melbourne Cup this year. Um, we probably weren't going to make the race too. So just decided with the new protocols in that being a nine-year-old, um, he's always had little issues. And I wouldn't say he's been, you know, we've trained around a few little issues, but he's always stayed sound. Of, you know, it's a bit of a play on words. But, um, you know, but we just decided that with the new protocols, and we wouldn't put him through that um, because of the fact that he's nine years old and they probably didn't want a nine-year-old. Um, in the race, so we sort of went that way, and and then we ended up with the, the horse we left in the Melbourne Cup got pulled out, so uh, which is a little bit uh, strange, but it's uh, it's what happened. So um, hence we um, the owners were good about it; they just said that's fine. Um, we will all miss it and won't put them through that, um, and uh, and it sort of reaped the rewards. I suppose he's something of a... Well, he's a stable stalwart, but he's probably something of a stable favourite. This is the fourth carnival, spring carnival, that he's competed in for the stable. And, uh, uh, you know, he, he, at nine years of age, he's still keeping on keeping on. Oh, yeah. Look, um, these horses that stay in the stable for a long time, the staff get very attached to them. Um, and he's just such a great old horse. He, like, I don't know, they did want to have the camera on him, but I know we've got pictures of him. He, first thing he wanted to do after he won the race was... Um, and a pack of grass out in the middle of the parade area. I was waiting for the um, his bossy came back and they put on a good show for him. And it took a while before they did any sort of presentation. He just stood there and picked grass. And that's him. He does it. He he, um, he comes out at Fleming as well known. And he comes out, works on the outer track and bowls around a couple of times around about 4,400 metres of pace work of that every day on one of the outer tracks. And then he comes back through the middle, stops as a pick of grass and when he's ready, wanders off and wanders off home, you know. So... Um, he's got a great nature and um, just one of those horses that you can't help but love. You know, he's a beautiful horse. Michael, it was a terrific build-up to that race yesterday with you know, the Glen Boss announcement on Thursday. Uh, watching from afar, it seemed like there was a, a real sort of carnival atmosphere there at Caulfield yesterday, which is, is something you haven't had for, for many, many months. Oh, definitely. Look, it was a real buzzer yesterday. Um, everyone dressed up to the nines and it just was, you know, just showed us what we have been missing because it really stood out yesterday and no matter where you walked, um, there were people saying hello to you and it was just totally different to what we've been used to. So mm. uh, great to see everything back. And, um, yeah, it wasn't perfect for what happened with uh, with Bossy, but, um, look, he's as a champion, absolute champion. And I got to know him personally through some, um, some friends of ours and spent time with him. And uh, champion guy and, and um, you know, always... Um, 
puts on good theatre for racing. And, and but uh, but you know it, it's not an actor. He, he that's the way Bossy is. He wears his heart on his sleeve, and, and it's really helped racing. Well, the stable got the ball rolling earlier in the day when Dragon Storm won the the two mile Sandown Cup. It's form on paper numerically looks terrible, but someone liked it. Twenty six dollars to sixteen. Did you give it a chance? Yeah, look, we did because he's proven at the trip. Um, he, he's won in the New Zealand Cup. Um, and look, his form here was terrible, absolutely terrible. We are just about to put on a plane and fly him home. And I said to the owner, look, look, before we do that, let's just give him this crack at the two-mile race and I'll just change gear on him, just change the tinkers in his uh, training and just see how we go. And um, it all came together and worked on the day. And I thought it was a good win because he was going to be sort of coming up trying to get a run through them for a while and then he had to switch out late and get to the outer and I thought it was a good effort because it's hard to do pick up the sprint at the end of two miles but he did, he picked up and really found the line. You preparing to head up to Queensland for, for the Magic Millions sales, Mike, and see if you can find a few more good ones? Yeah, we're there every year. We'll be, we'll be there again amongst the uh, the hunters <laughs> and trying to, trying to find the right one but we've um, no, we've been as far back as we bought a vehicle for Armour Nights a long time ago um, and she was uh, only cheaply, and she was a really good mare. And we've always had a bit of success buying out of there. Uh, we even bought Sarira from there, which mm-hmm. is a stayer. Uh, he won a couple of Group 1s, and he was probably the wrong sale, but we, we that's where we bought him. Just going back to the spring, which is now over, just two horses I wanted to touch base with you on. Uh, Tafane, you happy with her spring campaign? Yeah, albeit winless, um, but she raced in the best company, and she wasn't far off him. Um, just got held up. I don't know if she would have beaten um, the horse in the in the, uh, the Turak, but um, she certainly would have run a long way closer. She just hadn't been um, held up in traffic um, halfway down. So, and it was going to be a great effort with um, would have been a weight carrying record or equally more joyous as if she got up and won. So, um, you know, a really really uh, good spring considering you know she ran so close to all those good horses and those weight for age races and that. So. Um, we're looking forward to probably what will be our last campaign. Um, and whether she gets to uh, up to Queensland, we're not really sure. I think she'll probably end her career in, in Sydney, I would think. Mm. The other one was Bermadez, uh, who created a really good impression on debut. It was a little disappointing in the winter, but the two runs this time in have both been wins. Uh, is he still is he still in campaign, or has he gone? Yeah, he break? is. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, he, he's running next Saturday. We're dropping back to 1,400, um, uh, which I know sounds strange, but we uh, keep on the fresh side, and we just think that um, I tossed around about the 1,800 or the 14, and Ollie was always keen for me to drop him back. So decided we'd do that. I gave him a jump out Friday. Um, and Ollie was very happy with him. Horse has really come of age now, and always looked a horse could, could make it to a serious horse, and we're, we're still thinking that way, you know. So um, he's a horse that... We'll just keep um, spaces racing. We'll keep mm. them going. We might give them the odd fortnight out. Uh, but we'd like to think we could get to a race like a Doncaster or something like that with him. Yeah, he, he looks the real deal. Thanks for your time this morning. Great day for the stable yesterday. OK, thank you. Mike Moroney joining us. Sandown Cup winner with Dragon Storm and the Zipping Classic winner with Sound. Yes, a nice way to finish off the carnival. Uh, I think it worked pretty well, David, uh, pushing this meeting back um, those extra couple of weeks. It's been a big week for Caulfield, hasn't it? Of course, the training mm. closed officially there during the week. Most had already made their plans and moved on, but that uh, that uh, closed uh, a very serious uh, chapter in, in racing history. 
And, of course, Glenn Boss's final ride yesterday. It wasn't meant to be, but uh, I thought he, he spoke extremely well, which you would expect from the man. We've, we've seen that over the years. Uh, gave the horse every chance. He said he was just happy to be there on the day and give the horse uh, every every opportunity. And still managed to put on a very good show for the crowd, even in defeat. Yeah. One was wondering how far it was going to go. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Spanish Mission, a comment on the performance. Looked to have every chance. Uh, or certainly had every chance. Um, was sort of, this is a horse that was ran in an Ascot Gold Cup, so that's 4,000. It was, was 2,400 on a firm track, just to, too sharp for him, David. Um, it's, it's an interesting spot where he's at, because if, if it's not 2,400 for him in Australia, mm. he's got he's going to have big weights in the two-mile handicap. So um, he maybe just needs a break now and come back a different horse next time around. It was a slowly run-zipping classic. They were running fractions of, you know, 13-plus most of the way, but... Uh, you, you can't use that as an excuse to Spanish Mission because the winner, Sound, came from behind. But he's a great old campaigner, isn't he, um, as, as Mike pointed out. Warning, he sort of dropped off sort of noticeably. He was being aimed at a Magic Millions campaign, so it'll be interesting to see whether they press on with him after that yesterday. There were several other group uh, listed races yesterday. Let's have a listen to a few of them. We'll go to the Sandown Guineas, and the informer visitor from Sydney, Festival Dancer, was the favourite, $3. Here's the replay. Up around the home corner, it's Festival Dancer with Blazero the outside throwing down the gauntlet. Blue Army gets up on the outside as well as they reach the 250. A good race in prospect. We're on the outside, moving up. Blazero is grabbed by Blue Army. Blazero and Blue Army. Blue Army gets its head in front of Blazero. Blue Army a neck and Blue Army has beaten Blazero. Festival Dancer, Rygate for fourth, followed by Cardinal Gem. Next, Port Louis Chartres. Then came General Fire. Power behind them, Yaffet, blushing tycoon, and dropping away the bolter, Mr. Me finished last. Well, Blue Army's uh, a horse that illustrates pushing the carnival back mm. uh, can work in, in one's favour because he won a warnable maiden on the 5th of November, so he would have been most unlikely to run yep. on the Sand and Guineas if it had been, uh, you know, where, where it normally was programmed. But two weeks down the track, they took the opportunity and Got the dividend. Yeah, another another good one for Savabeel. He just continues to be a good sire year in, year out. And to do that, at, I know it's not going to be the strongest Sandown Guineas we've ever seen, but to do that at start number three suggests he's got a bright future himself. He was $21 down to 18. Let's go to the last race of the day, the Kevin Heffernan. Coming up towards the home corner at the 450 at Streets of Avalon. Spain about to niggle as Crosshaven now moves up on its outside and eyeballs it. Two and a half age of chivalry shown the persuader. I am Superman to the outside from Rania. Cinewan, riddle me that Camborne. Crosshaven at the 250. Streets of Avalon fights back and I am Superman now the final favourite joining in and Cinewan down the centre. I am Superman up to Streets of Avalon. Cinewan's a closer. I am Superman and Cinewan. Cinewan over the top. Cinewan got up to beat I Am Superman, Streets of Avalon, and for fourth, looks to be Camborne from Crosshaven and Age of Chivalry and then Rania, next to finish Riddle Me, That Surprise Baby, and Mask of Time. Father and son combination, Anthony and Sam Friedman, Craig Williams in the saddle, second run in Australia and improving on its uh, midfield finish at Flemington. Uh, there's your horse most likely to win a really good race out of yesterday. Only start number two in Australia. Back home, he'd placed third to Armoury. Of course, Armoury second in the Cox Plate last year, over 2,000 metres, so he can stretch a little further. He he, he loomed a win at Flemington, then he just mm. peaked on his run, and the tongue tie went on yesterday, suggesting he was tongue over the bit there, and uh, he 
he's obviously very smart and the stable expected that improvement yesterday. So we'll see him in some good races in 2022. I am Superman was the well-baked favourite presented to win, but on the day wasn't good enough. Cinewan too good for him. Let's go to our final replay from Caulfield yesterday. This is the Eclipse Race 8. So the leader is Royal Mile coming up towards the turn from Sosi Bon. Leaving the slipstream now three wide. Regalo Di Gaetano putting itself into the picture. Bon Vicini behind them. Starrell has a back to follow. Our Playboy's extricating through. Still four off the lead. It's Royal Mile at the 250. Regalo Di Gaetano storms up though and takes the lead. Royal Mile lugging in on top of Bon Vicini and Starrell late. Regalo Di Gaetano still clear. A length and a half in front and one. Regalo Di Gaetano from Bonvicini Star Rail, Royal Mile in a decision for fourth from our Playboy. Then came Sosi Bon next to Fibrillate in company with Jukon Exel, Man and Hangman. Had a good run in transit, sprinted quickly around the turn, uh, put them to the sword and then they couldn't run it down. And uh, Richard and Chantel Jolly, one for the South Aussies here. And I know Mark Hunter, our form analyst on, on Select Racing on Saturday mornings, made a very prescient comment a couple of weeks ago about this stable. But their strike rate in Melbourne is second to none. And he said, the, the, Mark thinks the reason it's so good is they don't go too high. They mm. look for the, the right race. And here's a classic case. Won the Murray Bridge Cup, won the John Letts. Picked out the right race for it and uh, got the money. That's exactly right. Picked the exact right time to, to go to Melbourne after back-to-back listed wins back home. And uh, Zach, Zach Spain gets the ride on the winner there. He he rode to the $2.70 favourite our Playboy at his previous start. So he was on the right leg. Who might need it a bit softer. I think so, yeah. Well, that was the profile of Caulfield yesterday. A good day of racing to end the spring in Melbourne. Let's push on. We had a big day at Morfordville. The city of Marion was the listed feature. Big field here. And uh, Rock the Ring was a well-backed favourite. They swing for home, free of debt, puts it to trip. Joining in now, Rock the Ring, free of debt, Rock the Ring. They get a half, three quarters on trip. Outlaws Revenge, pass a foul, Diamonds, then open-minded, Rock the Ring took the lead from free of debt. Then Outlaws Revenge, Rock the Ring in front. He's firing on all cylinders. Outlaws Revenge made a lunge, not quite. I think Rock the Ring scraped in from Outlaws Revenge. Diamonds will pick up third, fourth, or maybe Farouk, and it'll add some value to first fours. Not sure about the next one. There was a bunch of them there, including Trip. Another award. Well, Outlaws Revenge got the bob in and got the race. Uh, Ryan Balfour, the trainer, he's our next guest on Pass the Pace. Ryan, congratulations. Good morning. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Good morning. Well, racing's a roller coaster ride, isn't it? Take us through what happened at Ballarat the week before. Yeah, it was um, a target race, uh, Magic Millions horses only for three and four-year-olds, and just a nice feature race there with um, 150, and plus he has Bobus as well, and just a target of that race, and he was um, extremely well placed there. And um, pre-race, he was just uh, having a walk around and got a bit of a fright, and um, sort of back into a fence and. Um, you know, the vet there trotted him up and they felt that he wasn't 100% to start, so he was scratched out of that race and um, it was frustrating that these things happened and, uh, um, yeah, so uh, he, he come home Sunday um, and he, he sort of danced off the float and pulled up well off his first trip away, obviously not running, but still it's his first trip away and um, he was fine. Monday morning we took him out for the work and, it was good to gallop on Tuesday morning and we, uh, we we went with Plan B and threw him in the city of Marion and um, the rest is history. So, uh, 
it is amazing things uh, how they can work out, and, and sometimes takes longer than a week. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it was it was it was a great result. This is a hypothetical. Say he had run at Ballarat, and we don't know what the result would have been. What would have been his next run if you had run at Ballarat? The Christmas handicap. Yeah. I was thinking. I, I was ultra confident at Ballarat. Um, I, I think um, you know, with respect to the horses that are in it, it was a good good field. But I reckon he. Uh, I think his form and what he showed yesterday probably would have been extremely hard to beat and it would have been a nice little buffer into the Christmas handicap three weeks. Um, so, um, yeah, that was the plan there. And um, so, yeah, we, we obviously had to go with plan B and, um, that's uh, you know, things worked out well. Pretty handy plan B. And the other thing, too, <laughs> to, to like about this win, and we were talking about this on, the, on our program here last Sunday, a horse called Zeus Stole, you might have heard of here in Queensland. He yeah. won a feature race. And he broke the track record. And your fellow Outlaws Revenge did the same yesterday. 1.8.18 is an outstanding gallop on the big Morfordville track. And I think that record the Navy Shaker held has stood for several years. Yeah, it stood for some time. And keeping in mind, we have two Group 1s over that track and distance mm. as well. Um, the Goodwood and Sangster. And 1.08.1, it's, uh, yeah, it's incredible time. And to take into account, he, um, he actually bucked about 250 metres from the start. Um, he came out and he missed the start a bit, and Dom just gave him gave him a little squeeze, and uh, he overreacted to that. And uh, when you see the slow mo, I, I thought originally he got checked, but when we uh, we spoke to Dom, seen the footage, yeah, he he just overreacted to that, so he bucked, and Dom went up in the pummel and, of the saddle, and thankfully regrouped, and uh, then he had to give him a drive to hold a spot, and then he got over racing for a couple of strides, and to the horse's credit, he uh, raced maturely, dropped the bridle was able to get into a rhythm quickly. And um, then in the straight, he had to change course. And so to run that time, taking all those things into account, um, it's just uh, it was fantastic uh, effort by the horse and a horse that's still physically maturing as well, I think. So there's more to come. That was only his 10th start yesterday for his fifth win. And you make a really good point about uh, the circumstances of the race because generally when track records are run... They're, they're, they're won by leaders or horses are on speed because if you're running track record time, you're running fast from start to finish. So those back in the field often don't get into the race. He's given them a start, he's given them a beating, and he's run 18.18. So there's a lot to come out of this. So, so I suppose the next question, the logical question is, where are we going now? Well, the Christmas is only two weeks between runs and, and look, that, that might be an option for him, the Christmas handicap. Um, but uh, what I'm going to do is he's going to go up to where he was born and bred, Willow Grove, start and mm. just have four or five days there, um, freshen up, and uh, I'll bring him back and we'll assess the options. But um, because of the change of plans, I'll just see where he's at. Uh, if not, um, I've always thought this horse would be suited up straight at some stage, mm. and um, a race like the Standish as well might be a, a real option for this boy um, as well. So there, there's... The Christmas handicap locally, there is the Christmas handicap at Caulfield on Boxing Day, um, but uh, and the Standish is probably the one that's really standing out to me. But originally, um, you know, we changed course a bit, um, but he has pulled up pulled up a treat here. I'm with him here this morning, and um, and uh, he's pulled up great. But um, just with the trip away and, and the taxing week, um, I just want to give him a little bit of R and R, and then I'll assess our options. But at this stage, uh, I think the Standish stands out for me as well. That's, that's probably a real, a real target goal. And, and then we'll assess where we're at, and we know we've got um, we've got some really nice races in the autumn for this boy, who's he's a very big, rangy horse, and um, he's uh, not physically fully matured yet. I think he'll only get stronger when he even strengthens up across the top end, and um, 
and and hopefully could be potentially even get better, which is exciting. Willow Grove bred him, and uh, they they were the vendors. He's a Magic Millions graduate, as you outlined by going to that race at Ballarat. So there was never there's never a thought in your mind to look at the Gold Coast in January. Yeah, it's something we've thought about with him. Um, I think you should. For mine, he's yeah. Look, it's still still could be on the spectrum, but he's he's physically and 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 whatnot still maturing, and um, there's still some big races in the autumn for him as well. Mm. So. Um, it might be even the following year that you know, we've got those options for him as well. So, um, but it's, it's certainly certainly an option. And at this stage, we were we were just thinking uh, we would be sort of getting through the Ballarat option and then um, going to the Christmas here and see where we're at. But uh, I've always felt this horse has just got some explosive um, um, you know attributes, and we didn't know when we were going to see him come to fruition. But it's fantastic to have just seen that yesterday, and um, we think that much of him that we. Purchased his half sister this year for, for three hundred and seventy thousand, which is um, for us day was a huge investment, and um, she's an absolute carbon copy of him and um, built the same way, and um, so it just shows what he's been showing us at, at home for a long time, and so there's there's a long game with this horse as well. Uh, as I say, he's he's still still furnishing physically as well, and um, yeah, I think you know we'll, we'll assess our options, um, but the thing is. We know at the end of the day what he can do and get better, and we just want to um, let him tell us when, when he's ready to do it. You know, he's by the ill-fated reward for effort. What's the, the half sister by? She's by uh, Palantino. So um, he's he's obviously a, star, a side that's you know they're taking a little bit of time, and we're going to give her all that time as well. But what I like about this family, I've seen the first two out of the mare as well, and they ended up in Singapore and Malaysia. And, uh, one of them's the horse of the year over there, and. Um, the mare's had a real imprint on them, and um, she's producing very, very, you know, good horses. And the athleticism and type they are, and the, as I say, the the Palantino Wings of Alice, the half sister. Uh, if you see the photo of Outlaws Revenge and her, uh, they're side on, and, and even the facial, etc. They are absolute. You think they're a full sister and, and brother. They're, they're very much the same. So we're we're excited about her coming through as well. Mm. You might be right too about those Palantinos. They want a very small share in one, and uh, I think the fact that they may take a little while to to furnish and develop. I think you're on the money there. Look, whatever whatever road you take with Outlaw's Revenge, it's nice to be in the position you're in, and I'm glad that I'm glad you've got a really good flag bearer for the stable at the moment. So a couple of uh, or maybe a month or two ahead with Outlaw's Revenge, but plenty to look forward to for the future. Thanks for your time this morning. Thank you. Thanks, Emily. Ryan Balfour joining us, the trainer of Outlaws Revenge, the new track record holder of the City of Marion. In fact, no, the new track record holder at Morfordville doing it via the City of Marion, and he was ultra impressive. This is Past the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Let's take a break, and we'll come back and turn our attention to Rose Hill Gardens yesterday. This is Past the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. They certainly are, and as we said, the website is archerparkracing.com.au. There are 15 two-year-olds on their books there that you can buy shares in. Trained by the best, Tony Gollan, Stuart Kendrick, Toby and Trent Edmonds. All of the details are there. There's one I want to mention this morning. I don't do this too often. There's a cult called Hidden Wealth. He's a cracking cult by Better Than Ready out of a mare called Miss Stash. Now, she was a good mare, Miss Stash. She was a multiple city winner, a quick mare, she produced a first starter all stashed up at Ipswich the other day. It absolutely, you know what in. So uh, there's good reports on this. You can buy shares in Hidden Wealth. Tony Gollins training it, and it's one of those 15 two-year-olds on the books 
on the website, archerparkracing.com.au. Well, we couldn't race at Gold Coast yesterday because of the wet weather. Rose Hill Gardens had plenty of wet weather as well, but they were able to get through on a heavy 10. Some good racing. Let's go to one of the features, the Group 3 Festival Stakes, and Ellsberg was the favourite. Prime candidate in front. The favourite Ellsberg quickly looms up on the outside now, and Ellsberg pokes the head in front. Bandersnatch goes to third, followed by Mabaras, and then came Order again. But Ellsberg is going through his gears now inside the 100 metres and is drawing clear. Stockman's coming with a tremendous run late, but Ellsberg wins the feature from the fast finishing Stockman and Bandersnatch third. Brutality warmed up late to fourth, then came Mabaras. Further back to prime candidate from Gem Song, the now Mahaha, and a good gap back to Pandano. And after the wide trip, Art Cadeau was last in. Ellsberg winning the Group 3 Festival. Rachel King in the saddle. Kept the punters happy. 260 down to 240. He was the best horse in the race, and he won accordingly. Gerald Ryan's joining us this morning. Gerald, good morning. Good morning, David. Well, as I said, he was the best horse in the race and um, always travelled well on the speed, built into the race well. Is that the end of the road or will you go to the Villiers? No, at this stage you'll go to the Villiers, David. You know, the families always have that, um, two runs into the Golden Eagle, then either three weeks to uh, Kembler and then or four weeks to yesterday on into the Villiers. And we just thought that um, you know, the four weeks, two weeks are probably... Helping better than uh, the three weeks and three weeks. Uh, we were able to give him, after the Golden Eagle, we gave him six days down in the water walker at Limit Lodge and um, he came back, freshened up really good and raced well yesterday. He'd been on a heavy track at his second start in his life, Gerald, and run second and the marketplace was obviously thinking that it'd be no issue there yesterday. Yeah, no, uh, true, Nathan. He, his second start in the race was... You're in second and Enchanted Art. Well, Enchanted Art was a swimmer. Mm. He was still new, still green. He'd gone from a maiden to a uh, Saturday race, midweek maiden at Warwick Farm to a Saturday race here at uh, Rose Hill on the heavy track. And um, you now he was still learning his craft. And that was his only exposure. He'd been placed twice on slow ground. Um but no, we were always confident he'd handle the ground, but that track yesterday raced really well, you know. Didn't race like a heavy team. The Golden Eagle, he ran seventh there. Your thoughts on that run? We were worried in the Golden Eagle right from the Wednesday morning when he drew barrier one because he was going to get hemmed up on the fence behind the leaders. And um, we thought he might have been able to land on the fence behind the leader and give him a bit of room, but he ended up three pairs back and he... He just didn't appreciate being in amongst them because um, he'd never been in amongst them before in a race. Uh, he'd always been either leading or outside the leader or one one and come around them, and, um, but he'd never been in a field. And it was sort of nearly, it's hard to say, $7 million race, but it was nearly a race he just had a scratch out of his form because um, you know, where he was in the run, yeah. George, you mentioned the Villiers at a mile. He's a Magic Millions horse. Is there any chance you'd press on to the Gold Coast um, after the Villiers? Not real sure. Um, not real sure yet whether he will. Um, it's still there. It was spoke about yesterday. Mm-hmm. If he did go to the Villiers, he wouldn't have another race until mm. um, the Magic Millions. You go to, I think it's four, the, 
four or five weeks, might be five weeks between runs. Yeah. And um, you wouldn't go, go into it fresh up. But um, I know we'll think about it. We'll get to the, if he doesn't, something happens, he doesn't get to the magic, uh, to the um, villiers, well, he would get to the, um, go to the magic man. So we'll just play it by ear. Well, I'm towards the villiers because you know, he's got a free ticket into a race like Doncaster and uh, just leave things open for you. Yeah. He's got a good record now. Five wins from 13 starts, well above average. Your thoughts on standout during the spring? Standout was terrific. He was terrific through the spring, and and I put it down to strike and firm tracks every time he went to the races. Um, he didn't win, but he won over four hundred thousand in stake money, and it was just having firm diesel. It's a dead dead firm track horse. You know, wish to use a magic man to get him up to the magic man, but he didn't go through a sale ring. You know, but dead dead firm track horse. He's had a couple of weeks off since New. Newcastle will start work tomorrow and aim towards the express race stakes at the end of January, hoping it's going to be dry. Mm. Have you got any two-year-olds in the locker, Gerald, that might be unleashed in the next few weeks? No, not really. I've got two Russian Revolution cults that are magic millions. Um, uh, they, they jump out. They've already had a couple of jump outs and going to the paddock and back in. They'll jump out on Tuesday with the idea of um, well, one of them's trial, so he's qualified. You, you might get to the um, Wyong race um, mm-hmm. middle of the month and uh, we'll just see how they go. But they, both the Russian Revolution Colts looks to go, OK, yeah, quite like them there. Thanks for joining us this morning, Gerald. Good luck with uh, with Ellsberg and the Villiers or, you know, fingers crossed, we might see you here for the Magic Millions. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, David. Gerald Ryan joining us this morning, co-trainer of Ellsberg with Sterling Alexio, and uh, he's one of those, you know, horses right up there, not A+, plus, but, mm. but right up there. This time of year, especially. He hasn't ticked that 1,600-metre box yet. No. We saw him here over a mile where uh, Ayrton got the better of him on Stradbroke Day, and he took, took on a mile at his third start in a race. Uh, about Stockman there yesterday, David. Maybe flattered by the heavy track, but uh, Stockman doing that at the end of fifteen hundred metres, he's uh, obviously going well. Yeah, I think he's going to the Villiers as mm. well, and then we'll go to the Summer Cup at the end of the month. The track improved ratings-wise. We started off at a heavy ten and ended up a heavy eight. Fair to say, just by watching the races, it was uh, advantageous to be on rail near lead. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's certainly, some of the races looked pretty testing, didn't they? Certainly did. Let's go to another one of the feature races, the Starlight Stakes. We had the Queenslander here, Tambo's mate, and in the end he was the favourite, but an easing favourite out to $3.20. Volpine leads down the side by a link to Petronius, and Space Boy ridden with a sit today at the 600. Then Tambo's mate, a gap to Surreal Step from Dream Circle, Mamarigana. Southern Lad being wound up by Rowilla, still second last going between runners. And Edison gives away a huge start. Volpine swings in front. Space Boy has been in a trailing position, being roused along in second. No headway at the moment. Then Petronius, Tambo's mate, a gap back to Dream Circle. It's Volpine at the 175, is well clear. Dream Circle's running on well. And then Tambo's mate, but it's Volpine with a big lead. Volpine's going to lead all the way from Dream Circle. Margin a length at the end. Tambo's mate third. Then Surreal Step from Space Boy, Petronius, Edison. Southern lad, American last. Yeah, Jay Ford riding Valpine for Brad Widdup. Uh, 
suited under the conditions and she's a, a natural speed horse and uh, they were unable to catch her dream circle second tambo's mate third yeah he had to give five and six kilos to the the, the first two back to 1100 meters as well he, he's he's acquitted himself well as as we've become accustomed to she's a magic millions graduate as well Valpine. she's now five by schnitzel and that was her sixth win yesterday notice lady laguna winning the first race Came up yeah. uh, here to, to Eagle Farm on a thousand metre race was was good. You wouldn't call it dynamic, but uh, went back to I, I think in fact during the week was nominated at the Gold Coast, yeah. Rose Hill, and also Caulfield. They elected to um, go to Rose Hill, pulled the right rein. She's pulled the right rein there, Annabelle Nation for sure. Yeah, I think we maybe undersell our two-year-old form a little bit. Certainly, I would be guilty of that, David. The, the time that she ran at Eagle Farm though was. Good for, for two-year-olds at that time of year. So it's mm. nice to see that form stack up. Cool and Gatter, of course, the solid favourite, the pronounced favourite uh, in tab fixed markets for the Magic Millions next month. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. And um, we have a lot to look forward to this week, weather pending. Yes, exactly. Uh, that uh, heavy rain predicted Tuesday and Wednesday is not ideal, but we'll see what happens. Sometimes they predict it and it doesn't arrive. But anyway, yeah, 10 races are doomed but on Wednesday and 10 races are doomed but on Saturday. The George Moore will be the uh, feature, one of the features, the Group 3. It's one of only four group races, you know, during our summer carnival. There's a lot of listed races, but I was saying this in a recent edition of Press Room that... Uh, this patent committee hasn't been able to meet. So whilst whilst all the talk is about Sydney and Melbourne, the the, the big gun uh, centres, you know, other states as well or other jurisdictions, they've got things on the table waiting to be looked at as well. And uh, yeah. so it's it's not fair. I well, think the buffering for one still doesn't even have black top status, and it's rating like a Group Three every year. The Nudgee's been Group Three level for a few years, but stuck on listed at the moment. So it works both ways too. There's probably races sitting in our calendar that would be. Uh, liable to downgrades as well, but um, yeah, would that's interesting. Only four, only four. The Vero- George Moore, the Vero Gold Edition, and the Bruce McLaughlin. They're the four. What's your selection of the Japan Cup? I know you've been studying the form. No, I'm still got to pour over the form there, David. It's race. Well, you've got plenty of time. It's race twelve today. Is that the last race? It is the last race. Yeah, Japan Cup at four forty Queensland what are you time. All Japanese spies telling you. Oh, they say the favourites are certainly trail number two, tab number two, $1.90 fixed. That's what my money will be on. right in your wheelhouse. That's what my money will be on. Thanks for your time, mate. Thank you, David. Nathan X will be joining us from the BRC in the sky. Thanks for your company this morning as well. Hope you enjoyed the program, and I look forward to your company tomorrow morning on Press Room with all of our regular panellists and a few more guests tomorrow as well. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.